Welcome to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about many aspects of life, particularly health, relationships and wealth-related topics, all from a heart-centred approach. Your host, Paul Lowe, has a long and successful history of helping others through his coaching and mentoring, as well as his many charitable initiatives. He's been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from challenging backgrounds. Paul is the author of the books Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and Speaking from Our Hearts. Welcome listeners to this Speaking From Our Hearts podcast episode where today I'm delighted to say I'm joined once more by Mr Bill Burridge and Bill is the owner of New Insights, uh, a personal development training company. Uh, I think Bill is based in South Africa but it's certainly uh, an excellent program that that crosses the world and I'm honoured to be a part of that. So uh, without further ado Bill, very very warm welcome to you. Thank you, Paul. It's uh, great to be talking to you again. I think we did this um, well, probably about three months ago. Is that right? Yep, something along those lines. Um, I'm, I'm in this, uh, I think, uh, what's generally known, Bill, as living in the moment. And consequently, I can't actually remember what I did yesterday. So three months ago is some fictitious, hmm, that, that's, that's, a, that's a concept of time that I'm not fully relating to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good for you. That sounds great. <laughs> okay. So um, we agreed, Bill, didn't we, off air, that uh, the focal point of our conversation today, and as is our way, we'll usually fly off at tangents, as, as, as invariably we do with guests, uh, but the focal point is to converse around the power of beliefs. Yes, indeed, Paul. I, um, I think um, the last couple of, couple of discussions that we've had have... Um, have, have gone around other aspects of uh, the New Insights program. And um, we, we talked last time about uh, human needs, mm. uh, which was a great discussion. I really enjoyed it. And, and building on from that, ne- next up in, in our program anyway, would come uh, beliefs. And um, I'm, I'm excited because in, in our program, as you know, Paul, we have this model called INSIGHTS, which stands as an acronym stands for uh, uh, various things. And the SIG part of that acronym stands for self-discovery, inner power, and growth. And the session that we do on beliefs is the start of that um, self-discovery, inner power, and growth module. So I'm excited, yes. Um, Four simple words, Bill. Four simple words. The power of beliefs. But um, I'd like to start, if I may, by inviting you in to say, okay, so what, what are, what is the power of beliefs? Hmm. Well, um, I think that uh, beliefs are really um, lenses, if you like, through which you view the world. Uh, you could say that a belief is a strongly held opinion or, or a conviction even. Uh, and depending on the nature of your beliefs, you are uh, going to act and behave in a certain way and you are going to lead a life that has certain characteristics about it. So actually beliefs really are very powerful because they define your life and how you lead your life and the joy and satisfaction that you get out of it. Absolutely. And the reason I ask that question Bill, from my own experiential learning and understanding now um, of, of what's evolved, what's emerged in my life, the, the power of beliefs is massively, massively underestimated. If from a personal perspective, um, and I have to be obviously very mindful of the ego stepping in here and, and you know offering loads of opinions and thoughts around certain things, but... It has been my considerable experience, Bill, not only from my own perspective, but having spoken to thousands of people from all spectrums um, of the globe around this this belief thing. Um, and, and, you know, the general consensus, as I've already alluded to, is the fact that nobody really understands just how critical they are in, in our everyday life. Because as you quite rightly say, ultimately, everything we say and do is the, the starting point, the origin is our belief around it. Mm. 
Absolutely. I, I would go perhaps one step further and say that uh, before that comes the thinking process, you know, the thoughts that we have are really at the heart of what we believe in. Um, I like to say that the thoughts are the, the, the genesis of everything, really. And how we think determines how we believe. And then how we believe and what we believe in, as you just said, is absolutely fundamental to uh, our life and uh, how we live it. So, so yeah, thinking and believing, it's, it's all they're sort of all wrapped up together, aren't they? But um, mm. oh, that's how we just... think determines how we believe. Um, so yeah, and that's that's an interesting one, Bill. Because when we look at um, you know, and it's all <laughs> ironically, it's all around our own beliefs, our own filtering system, as I call it. Um, but Gandhi, I think it was, he offers a slightly different take, and because he says, Bill, that our beliefs influence our thoughts, in, which influence our words, uh, our actions, our habits, our values, and ultimately our outcomes. So it's interesting how that, I mean, I think there's a very, very close alignment there. And obviously this topic is not about an academic conversation of which is first, because they're very, very closely um, aligned. And, and they're all in this mixing bowl that eventually starting at the top is beliefs or thoughts. And the the outcome is, is what emerges as a result of that. So, um, yeah, it's uh, but just to reinforce the point, Bill, I think that literally going back to the title of those four simple words, the power of beliefs, because at the risk of repeating, it is around do we really understand how powerful beliefs are in our world? And, and you know, yet again, to repeat, people generally don't because I'm supposed to be fair. We don't know what we don't know. No, that's right. I mean, it just get, just getting back to what you just said about uh, thinking and beliefs. I mean, obviously, there's a feedback loop there. Um, we have a thought that could lead to a belief. And once we have a belief, obviously, it influences our thinking. So there is very definitely, uh, as you quoted Gandhi, very definitely a feedback loop there. And, and we are very much uh, what we think and what we believe. Um, it doesn't really matter in which order you put them. But uh, yeah, the power of beliefs. I mean, I think that the issue for most of us, Paul, is that we, we don't really um, think about, here we go again, think. <laughs> we don't really <laughs> think about belief consciously. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, bring our, we bring our beliefs every day into everything we do. Uh, they are part and parcel of how we go about our lives. But how much time do we spend sitting down thinking what are my beliefs? Why did I develop those beliefs? Are those beliefs serving me? Um, why do I have them? Do I want them? Do I want to change them? We, we don't really give much thought to that, do we? We just take them along with us and they influence and affect our lives in, in, in enormous ways. Yeah. And, and for me, Bill, that's wrapped up in the cliche of better the devil you know because that brings in the concept of change then doesn't it and uh you know whatever's going off in our life um and obviously i know this is included in the uh, the new insights program bill around this this dichotomy between pain and pleasure but you know we kind of sit somewhere in the middle and it's and as i say i call it better the devil you know it's okay it's not ideal but it's okay just get on with it you know culturally certainly as brits we're, we're, you know, that stiff upper lip, just get on with it, you know, don't don't question it, just do it, keep smiling and all that conditioning that we're, uh, you know, that we inherit from a very early age is part of our belief system yet again. So it's, it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, doesn't it? And I think it's not until we're in really, really strong suffering or pain that we really do take that metaphoric step back and say do you know what this is unacceptable i cannot bear this in my life i do not want this anymore things mm. have got to change um you know and i've certainly had a few of those moments in my life bill as i'm sure we all have but as you quite rightly allude to we just we just get on with it don't we and as a result nothing really ever changes no exactly exactly i mean i think without real, um, really careful and focused thought about how we developed our beliefs and whether they serve us or not, we tend to just go through life thinking, well, that's it. We, 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 we don't, it, 
we don't have an option to change our beliefs. They are what they are. We believe them because we believe them. But when you start digging into that, it's quite fascinating to see where beliefs emanate from and how many of our beliefs actually were uh, in, imposed on us during our formative years. Um, so, so, yeah, we, we could get into that if you like, Paul. Yeah, absolutely, Bill. Yeah, please continue. Well, um, there, there are really a number of sources of beliefs, and uh, there, there are five primary sources. And in, in the New Insights program, we refer to what is called the IE model, um, I standing for internal and E standing for external. Um, but I also standing for imaginative thought or creative thinking. And so we all have great imaginations. We're all capable of creative thought. And through our imagination, we can come to believe certain things. So it has a big influence on what we believe. But then there are the external issues. And here we would talk about, uh, for example, one's education, as I said, our formative years very powerful in inculcating beliefs. Um, the, uh, the experiences that we have throughout life, um, the events that we are exposed to and the outcomes of those events can have a big bearing on what we believe, what we choose to believe going forward. And then finally, of course, the environment around us, you know, uh, uh, where we live, uh, who we live with. You, you, you just talked about the, the stiff upper lip uh, of, of the Brits. If you live in Britain, you probably uh, grow up with a different belief system than if you live in, I don't know, Papua New Guinea or somewhere like that, mm. just because of your environment being different. Um, so there we go. We've got, we've got the internal and external factors that that uh, uh, um, have an influence on or, or are the source actually of all of our beliefs. I had a conversation recently, Bill, with someone, someone very close to me actually, around this, um, this, this very subject of beliefs. And when I use the model of the, um, you know, the four legs on the, t on the belief table, and when we work through that, her response, her very emotional response was, and it embraced the old cliche, if it's too good to be true, it is. And that was that kind, but the, you know, that, that's only telling part of the story, Bill, because there was a massive, massive breakthrough on that. And mm. she then, I don't know if conceded is the right word, but certainly exclaimed that, wow, that, that, that servant that I've been to that, that cliche of if it's too good to be true, she said, because I would never have believed it is that simple. And so, you know, that old school theory about, well, if it is too good to be true, it usually is it disbanded. And, and, and just by disbanding that one and taking those legs off that belief system, Bill, actually led her, I mean, you know, put her in a sort of challenging place for a bit, but she come back afterwards and she said, honestly, I cannot believe how free I feel just with that one insight now. Um, dare I say that one new yeah. insight? Um, because, you know, I was imprisoned by that belief that if it's too good to be true, it is. And she mm. said, I now understand that, you know, the power of beliefs and, and that is, you know, in this case, that isn't the truth. And so I just think that's worth sharing that, you know, I think we've already coined the phrase, we don't know what we don't know. And and through excellent programs like New Insights, Bill, and you know the coaches that propound that uh, that content, it is about raising people's awareness, isn't it? That you know, if you're not happy with something or you don't feel fulfilled or a life full of purpose, then you know there is there is a choice to be made. Absolutely, look to your beliefs for for sure, um, but you but you need help to do that. I think because yes. most of us, as I said earlier don't really give consideration to our beliefs in a con in a formal sort of focused conscious way our beliefs are just something we have developed and uh, well if you believe in something you believe in something that's it um it's not as simple as that as you rightly point out paul and i, I i'm delighted that you gave that example of the uh, the liberation that somebody felt when they were exposed to a very simple tool like the tabletop model if I could just talk about that a little bit more, just to explain for some of the listeners what that is. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, the tabletop model is a little model that we use to explain to people where their beliefs, um, how their beliefs developed. Uh, and the, the tabletop, as you know, a, a table is consists of a, a solid top that sits on top of probably normally four legs, maybe a few more. And um, the tabletop model that we use is, is to equate the top of the table to a belief, a solidly held belief. But the fact is that any belief is actually uh, underpinned or held up by reference legs, um, legs of the table. And the reference legs really are bits of evidence that we gather uh, to help us validate and underpin the belief. So you believe X, uh, that is validated by the fact that you had an experience that, 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 uh, that proved that X is the case. Um, and, uh, and, and you build up, we, we tend as people to look uh, for confirming bits of evidence that will underpin our beliefs. So once we start to build a belief, we look for, for evidence that will support it rather than look for evidence that contradicts it. Um, and, and that goes for a belief that serves us and a belief that doesn't serve us. So our limiting beliefs too, we tend to look for uh, evidence that, that confirms or supports it. So the legs of the table are the bits of evidence, the reference legs as we call them, the bits of evidence or proof that we gather to substantiate the fact that our belief is in fact uh, true. And so what life coaches tend to do when they come up a, against a client with a limiting belief or a belief that's not serving their ability to live the life they really want, is they chip away at those reference legs. So they start questioning the client about the supporting evidence that they have for a belief. And very often the client will say, well, uh, you know, um, when I was a kid, I, I learned that this was true. My mom and dad told me. And the, the coach will say, well, it may have been true for your mom and dad, but why is it true for you now? And they start to chip away at that evidence and eventually cause one or two of those uh, reference legs to collapse and ultimately to get the belief to collapse and then to build up a more powerful belief, a, more, um, a belief that serves the client through uh, evidence and reference legs that, that are, are far more positive. So that's, that's the theory behind the tabletop. It's quite a nice little model. And I think it, uh, again, you know, like most things in life coaching, it's simple, but very powerful. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's, 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 it's probably one of the most simplest concepts but equally powerful that are, you know, as coaches, as mentors, but we come we come across a lot of techniques, a lot of different concepts and metaphors and uh, and that kind of thing. But that, for me personally, has got to be up there amongst um, the the top the top because it's because of its simplicity and it and and its end result um, and the fact that you know as people want to defend and challenge is invariably the ego steps in when we're being challenged and we we want to maintain our status quo or or the or the ego does um yeah i've yet to come across anybody that can win a battle with that very simple concept <laughs> yeah no, it's uh, it's it's certainly powerful that's for sure so on beliefs, Bill, then, you know, um, <clears throat> excuse me, just going back to the, uh, the Gandhi um, approach of, you know, beliefs, thoughts, words, actions, habits, values, etc., etc. The words, I want to introduce the words, Bill, into uh, the power of our beliefs, if I can. And okay. the self-talk, the chatter, the noise that exists prevails in our, in our world. Have you got any, any, before we sort of start digging down on that, have you got any initial thoughts, Bill? Yeah, this is you're onto something else that's very, very powerful here, Paul. The self chatter. Um, I think this arrives from the ego, which you know, the ego is there to to look after us in the external world. Um, we have an identity that we develop in the external world, and the ego protects that identity, and uh, it helps us cope with the external world that we live in. But the, but the problem is that the ego doesn't like change. It's, it's very, 
very much, um, uh, what's the word, change averse. So change represents a threat. And if you have built up an identity, this is me, this is who I am, this is my place in the world, uh, you, the, the ego is trying to protect that and doesn't want to, uh, you, you to, to lose that identity and therefore lose face. Um, consequently, the ego um, is, is therefore going to intervene when uh, there is a possibility of big change happening in your life because that could result in you losing that identity that has been nurtured and developed and built up over a long period of time. So, uh, so the, where do we, how do we get back to the background chatter? Well, the, the background chatter really that goes on in our head is the voice of the ego, mm -hmm. constantly questioning what do I need to do to make sure I survive in this difficult, hostile world that I live in? Um, how can I protect my identity? Um, it, 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 it's, it's constantly um, asking you, how, how do I get on as opposed to how do I nurture myself, my inner being, which is what, what, you know, what life really should be about. Yeah, absolutely. Let, let, thank you. I, I've, I've, um, unfortunately, I've, um, I've not talked very cogently about this here, and I just want to gather my thoughts before you ask me to reflect again. So maybe just take over for a little bit there. Yeah, of course, Bill, yeah. Um... I mean, as is the way with all these um, conversations that we have with guests, Bill, the um, <clears throat> the whole essence, I mean, we can pick on a, you know, focal point of a topic, be it beliefs, be it, be it whatever. Um, and, and let's keep it in context of saying beliefs. There is a very, very close relationship with so many other aspects that we've already alluded to, you know, at the top of this conversation, Bill, you know, it's totally academic, whether beliefs come first, thoughts come first, words, actions, habits, values, whatever. They're all in that mixing bowl to make that metaphoric cake called beliefs. And so really, from the words perspective, I just wanted to introduce the language, the chatter, to be aware of what we tell ourselves. And, and as you quite rightly allude to, Bill, uh, consistently, what the ego tells us, this very binary, simple way of thinking, this protective mechanism that kicks in. It's not bothered too much about all this this nice stuff. It's just, look, I'll keep you safe. And and I know from a personal perspective, Bill, that as I, as I become more and more aware, the struggle that goes on with the ego letting go, because he, he does not want to let go. And there's almost this self-chatter yet again of, Listen, Paul, I've served you all your... I've kept you alive, and now you treat me like this. And, <laughs> That's right. You know, and it happens. You know, I have those that, that inner dialogue, um, and I don't allow... I've got the self-awareness, but I don't let it flirt with guilt or things like that because that's becoming sort of deep, deeply embedded then. And then, you know, to at the risk of using split metaphors... We've got to then cultivate the garden um, and get some really deep-rooted weeds out, and you know we, we don't we don't we don't really want that because it's not who we are. It's not what we're built for. It's not what we're naturally on this this earth to do. So just bringing back the concept of the self-chatter, Bill, and the words for me, um, very simple concept. And my lower self. I gave an eye, and you, interestingly, um, when you talked about identity, Bill, I have an identity around my lower self, the one that prevailed for many, many, many years, in fact, decades, based on fear, despair, darkness, desperation, and that manifested itself. It's been well documented now, and I don't want to buy into the, you know, keep buying into my own script and story too much, but around addiction, the violence, and all that kind of stuff, and, uh, you know, the attempted suicide and whatever. Yeah. But that's part sure. of a past script. But the point I'm trying to make, Bill, is with these words, I created an identity, and I've still got an identity for that persona, that lower self. And it's called Shufflefoot. And my <laughs> Shufflefoot, if you could imagine uh, me or a guy or, or a girl or whatever, just trudging along, dragging the feet, 
poor old me. You haven't got a problem like I've got a problem, Bill. You never will have. My cat's blacker than your cat, and if you've got a black cat, I've got six black cats because you can't compare to me ever, and you don't understand because nobody's got a problem like I've got. Poor old me, hey, Paul, poor old me. And that became part of my world. That was a self-fulfilling prophecy again, Bill, because, you know, there again, I didn't know what I didn't know. And as I've raised my awareness of the the truth, and I'll say my truth because, you know, it would be, I think, patronizing to, to try and impart my truth on, on, on the world because it is my truth and I'm only responsible for that. Um, but it's working towards the universal truth um, and certain things that in this, this, this life that they hold true, whether we agree with them as an individual, as Shufflefoot or not, is totally irrelevant because they're going to happen and they do happen. We might not like it, we might not understand it, but these universal truths, well, they're there and they've stood the test of time and always will do. And so yeah. within that, Bill, I've developed then my higher self, this persona, this understanding of this relationship because... There is a relationship between Shufflefoot and the higher self. Um, like you quite rightly allude to again, Bill, you know, we can't destroy the ego and neither do we do we want to. Because I go back to my Shufflefoot days. If somebody threatened me on the streets with a knife, um, and I think this kind of encompasses Steve Peters' chimp paradox uh, principle, you know, yes, it would be great to diffuse the situation with, you know, a win-win. But some people are not in that space and they, d they don't want to listen to that. And so in a fight or flight scenario, split second, the ego will step in and take action. Um, and I always use the also use the example of a, a young child, say, running out in front of a car to retrieve his or her football that they're playing in the street with. The driver has a split second to to take action. And that's usually ego driven to say, right, OK, bang, just hit the brakes. And... There's not time to to philosophically debate, well, what would happen here if I just gave it a few more seconds and eventually I stopped the car and asked the young child, please don't kick your ball out in the street again. And, you know, that's a simple but powerful example, Bill, of saying, OK, to, you know, yet again, to reinforce the point, the, the power of the ego or the place of the ego and so this whole concept of shuffle foot and satnam, which is my higher self, which is Sanskrit for I am truth, brings in this duality. And as much as I believe that we, we try and work and say, well, duality, I'm going to eradicate duality. Well, that's very difficult. In fact, it's impossible. It's, I think it's not a bit like akin to splitting the atom because we are... Are we not spiritual beings having human challenges? So for the three score, 10 years that we're on this planet, proverbially, you know, we are subject to human challenges. And yes, we can live in this beautiful, beautiful spiritual way of being, this awareness, this consciousness, this attachment to source, call it what you will, which is absolutely, you know, undoubtedly gives a, a beautiful life. But the reality and the contrast on that, Bill, is, we are challenged by everyday human experience. And for me, it's a question of not only beliefs, but also another B word, balance. Indeed. Well, I, I think that was a, a very powerful um, uh, exposition of, of how beliefs can um, end up really putting you on the back foot in life. And uh, you, your, your shuffle foot example is brilliant. Because I think we, we, you know, a lot of us harbor two personalities and um, it's very, actually, it's very easy and very convenient to take the shuffle foot approach to life sometimes because life is tough. It's challenging. And sometimes it's easier to sort of lie down and let life kick you mm. than it is to stand up and take a position and decide, you know, I'm going to make the most out of this life. That takes action. That takes change. That takes courage. Um, the shuffle foot approach, you know, it's much easier to justify, blame everything else uh, for your for your condition. But it's a very sad way to live, isn't it? And it's not uh, it's it's not what I think most of us really want for our lives. Um, 
But at the end of the day, as, as you said, uh, it, it, it's the self-questioning that goes on, a constant questioning. I mean, a little simple thing. I, I used to have a habit of saying, um, whenever, I, whenever I did something silly uh, or uh, slipped up somewhere along the line, I'd in, inside I'd be saying to myself, you bloody idiot. That was a favorite saying of mine, you bloody idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until, you know, when I got involved in life coaching and suddenly uh, somebody asked me about self-questioning and how powerful that can be in either dragging you down or helping you live a great life, I suddenly realized to myself, I have this persistent self-question, you bloody idiot. I, I am actually causing myself to believe that I am a damned idiot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So I try to replace that, Paul, and I try not to be too presumptuous, but I, I now have a... Uh, you know, I now, whenever something silly happens or something goes wrong, I say to myself, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> you're you're a you're a good you're a good guy. You just you know you're just like everyone else. You you have your moments, and um, and that makes me feel good. I feel much better than I do when I ask myself or tell myself that I'm a bloody idiot." But it's just, uh, that's a very simple example. But I think, you know, the more, at the more extreme example, we've got people wandering around with um, very uh, dark and deep uh, uh, questions and statements that, that, that are going on inside their head, as, as you alluded to. Yeah, it's a couple of points on, um, if I may, Bill, on what you've said there, that um, around when things um, stick with you, if you like, and, and we become sort of embroiled in that victimhood and my take upon that is is let life happen through you not to you so whatever happens it's a it's an experience in that moment and obviously this takes a bit of practice you know rather than that okay so something's happened and it's going to stick with me now and by the way that guy that cut me up last week in the car park and took the last space i'm not going to forget that I'll remember, I'll remember that, you know. Well, why will you remember it? Well, what is the point? <laughs> but we do, don't we? This is the power. Yeah, because it's not right. It's it's downright immoral what he did. Is it really? Interesting word, immoral, because he, he or she took a car parking space. Hmm. Yet again, Bill, those use of words and, and you know, that, that self-defeating talk, you, you've just given a great example there that's kind of wrapped in, isn't it, with that kind of coulda, woulda, shoulda approach. Um, <laughs> that, you know, and we do this. Oh, do you know what, Bill? I know I shoulda. I shoulda done this, Bill. And I should, Bill, I sh and I coulda. You know, if I woulda done this, Bill, if, if, it well, you didn't. So let it go. You didn't do it. Let it go and learn from it. But just be very, very careful of the trap of those could have, would have, should have words, just for three three simple words, for example. For sure, for sure. And you know your, your example of the car park. I mean, really, that behavior is founded in, uh, in the belief system, the belief that it is, it is wrong for somebody to have taken that parking spot or whatever, whatever the example was you gave. Mm. It's immoral. Uh, and, and people... Um, they, they will hold those very strong convictions or beliefs, and that will turn into uh, behavior um, that, uh, in, in this case, the, the example that you gave, which can be even violent in nature, you know, uh, because you're really prote protecting a belief that you hold so firmly, um, and, and yet there's another way to, to tackle it, another way to handle it, isn't there? Absolutely, uh, yeah. yeah. The first question you have to have is, is my belief valid? You know, is it really immoral for somebody to go and take that parking space? Does it really matter in life? You know, mm -hmm. yeah. I think entrenched beliefs can be very powerful in um, helping us through life, but they can also be quite devastating if those beliefs are, are limiting or they're disempowering in, disempowering in nature. Um, you know, I, I, I also wanted to, to touch on, Paul, uh, what I call beliefs of convenience, because you, in your shufflefoot example, I think we're uh, alluding to how it's very easy to lie down and um, make excuses for life rather than tackling it head on. Um, 
very often we develop beliefs of convenience and these are kind of like uh, let's say for example um, somebody who is grossly overweight might say to themselves well I actually believe that there's nothing I can do about this because I don't have any willpower um, now of course we all we're all we all have willpower of some form it's a matter of um, using it but it's very convenient to believe you don't have willpower because that protects you from having to uh, make changes that are in the short term very uncomfortable like going on a serious diet or doing a serious exercise regime um, and and we associate pain with that you know so if we can avoid that pain and put up this protective wall, which is represented by a belief of convenience, then we avoid that pain, which in the short term is great. Of course, in the long term, it's disastrous because, you know, if, if somebody with really serious obesity doesn't take part in a weight loss regimen of some kind, then ultimately it's going to have a disastrous effect on their health. But we tend to we tend to think short term and not long term and we tend to avoid things that are causing us pain in the short term and we tend to go after things that are giving us pleasure in the short term we forget about what it is we really want in the long term which is far more important definitely i just wanted to to pick up on a thread uh bill if i may around um you know what you were speaking about two or three minutes ago and i want to put into into context the power of beliefs and share uh, with, with, with our listeners something that happened. And I'm going back to the 24th of March, 1974, and it was this. And this is the power of beliefs. And I was a child of 13 and a half. And I had a belief system, and it was based on raw, crude, stark survival, that one day I would play for Nottingham Forest Football Club. That was my right. raison d'etre, my very reason for being, because all around me in my family life, it was all falling apart. And that was at the hands of my, uh, somebody I later called the beast. Now, for somebody that doesn't believe in labels and and, uh, and like labels, because I believe labels are for jars, not people, but in in regard of this particular individual, my my stepfather that was, um, the beast is a very appropriate handle, and why I to put this in context, uh, Bill, I had a belief system as I say that one day I'd play for Forest. It was a light that kept me going in a world of darkness. I had to have something to focus on. I had to, and mm. it was that. Now, such was my attachment to Nottingham Forest as a football club that they were everything. And it was a relationship for me, in my mind, only in my mind, that it was everything above my my family. Um, and, and, I, and I even mean my mother in that because she stood in front um, of in front of me on a daily basis to try and protect me from taking beatings, physical beatings, to which she would invariably get the beating. This was daily. This was normal. And this went on for years. So part of my desperation as a child, Bill, was, was this belief of playing for Forrest. And so what happened was, uh, in 1974, Forrest were embroiled in an uh, epic cup marathon with Newcastle United. And it was quite an achievement because they got to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, uh, but got knocked out by Newcastle eventually under very challenging circumstances. And you know, there's no need to go into that. Um, but so there was two replays. And on the um, the 21st of March, which was a Thursday, there was the second replay and Forrest lost. I was distraught beyond words. Absolutely distraught beyond words. 24 hours later, Bill, they played away at Fulham in London, who also played in black and white, and they lost 2-0. My world had totally collapsed. And it was, how can you betray me how dare you? I have given you everything. I'm totally committed. I mean, I'm paraphrasing because obviously as a child, Bill, I didn't have the intellectual or the emotional maturity to underst even understand these words. But I knew that I wanted to end it all because I'd been betrayed. I felt sick beyond description. And there was only one, there was only one way to end this hell on earth. 
and that was to, to finish it. So wow. just shortly after that Saturday tea time, I thought, right, I know exactly what I'm going to do. There was a local area called Dickidido's, uh, which is where all the coal lorries, I come from a mining village, um, mining area, and the coal lorries used to pass through these caves, um, this area through caves. I thought, I'm going to go there mm. and I'll take a razor blade and I'll do it. And that's what I, so I, I took all the necessary action. It was five past seven, Bill, on Saturday the 24th of March. And I sat there and with the, the razor blade over my left wrist, ready to do it. And I just, and I just knew that one swipe and it had, you know, that it would be over. And wow. When we talk about defining moments, eureka moments, call them what you will. Something happened to me that in that moment, Bill, I felt a shudder go through me. And I mean a shudder to the point where I was, I was like somebody had really pushed me and shoved me over. Consequently, the blade fell out my hand and all I did, and I hadn't done this for years, Bill, bearing in mind I'm still only 13 and a half, but I sobbed yeah, uncontrollably. Yeah, now, I'd not done that since I could remember early childhood. In fact, I couldn't remember it. Um, but that emotional release. But what came with that, Bill, was a different set of beliefs. And it was crude in its extreme. But it, yet again, it was based on raw survival that I will always now fight for the underdog. And they were my exact, the under, I was attached to that word, underdog. Because I still sometimes right. let it slip now. And people say, Paul, it's a bit patronising. Well, never mind the style. What about the substance? That You know, this care, compassion, this this willingness to, you know, to embrace others and, and help them. You know, I'm not too bothered about the words. Um, you know, it's more important around what we're actually doing, the substance. But the point is, Bill... That belief system then, I exchanged one belief system for another because Nottingham Forest were no longer my world. What my world was, if I see injustice or what I perceive to be injustice, particularly towards another child or another woman, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to sort that and I will do whatever I need to do. And if that means stabbing somebody, like I'm going to stab my stepdad for all the cruelty and violence and, and the, the misery and heartache he's bestowed upon my mother, then that's what I'm going to do. And so I went back home, but with this kind of newfound res resolve, and I walked straight in, and and, and I got a, a battery in. And after I'd finished wiping the blood from my face, I just calmly said to him, one day, I'm going to kill you. Wow. And that's a promise. Bill, wow, 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 wow. That Ooh. is the power of beliefs. And I held that for decades. Vengeance. I will get I will get revenge for my, my more so for my mother's, um, down doing but also my own and that created this very polarized black or white existence for, for years Bill where my drinking addiction which was a belief I believed I was an alcoholic because I'd had labels put on me for an early age a very early age that oh, Paul's got psychological dependency through drink and I, all those I, reference legs yeah, and, and I, Bill, I gave it serious legs. Okay, so, and, and obviously I didn't have the awareness, the skills, the knowledge, any of this, the, these new, dare I say, these new insights that we share nowadays. Um, okay, if that's the way it is, that's fine. But I tell you what, as warriors go, and I go back to what we said at the top of the conversation, Bill, if you've got a black cat, I'll tell you what, my cat's going to be blacker. And if you've got two, I'll have six. Because anything you can do, I can do better. This total, total ego-driven survival mechanism. So that, Bill, for me, is the power of beliefs. Oh, well, uh, you know, I've just been sitting listening to your story, and I'm 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 blown away by it. It's it's uh, it's it's very sad, but it's extremely powerful too. And I think that you, you as you were sitting there in that cave, Paul, I, I guess perhaps there was some let's call it divine intervention or something that uh, that decided that this young life should not be wasted just because of a football team losing a couple of games mm. this young life needs to get direction and needs to carry out its purpose in the world and it seems to me that you went away from that having found uh, perhaps you hadn't refined it but you had found your purpose in life um i mean 
you you said you were going to defend or fight for the underdog i think you said yes but ultimately when you think back at that now i'm sure you would refine that into something a little more um along the lines of uh, helping and supporting and promoting um people who've lost their way perhaps or something like that mm. that's probably more describes better the purpose that you you've you found but but that um going through that uh, at that time must have been extraordinarily difficult but but very extremely powerful as well um i think i think what you what you've just shown us is that we can become completely um blindsided by allowing ourselves to uh, be controlled by our external worlds instead of what we really want for ourselves inside deep inside and here you had uh, allowed your whole life and your whole reason for being to rest on uh, a football team essentially and a football team's um, success and ultimately your ability to play or at least support that team um and and really i guess you look back at that now and think how silly was that uh there's passion and there's there's passion <laughs> um i well, don't know if i do bill actually because what i look back on those as not just that one incident but many i mean there's been many defining incidents that i got involved in gang culture and i go on record bill as saying actually three times and i can categorically state three times where i should actually be dead other than what you term and I and I embrace the term bill uh, I do accept it divine intervention because there is no logical explanation whatsoever I mean those particular three uh, well other two incidents um they they're another time another place because I don't want us to obviously um you know my script my story dominate this beautiful conversation around the power of beliefs so that uh, we'll come to that maybe another time bill but you know, I, I embrace that experience because it's contributed to this whole rich journey. Yes, there's been sadness and despair in there. Yes, there's been darkness in there. But, uh, you know, Bill, as beautiful flowers that grow, they have to start off in dark, earthy soil. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I mean, I, I, I don't think that you should worry about... Um, uh, uh, extending our discussion around this this personal issue of yours because it's extremely powerful and it does bring home uh, as you say the, the power that beliefs beliefs have to shape us and uh, you know and even destroy us if we allow them to yeah um but but maybe you could just spend a couple of seconds just explaining why you say that you don't look back and think that that was all I use the word silly, but in, in fairness, that in respect to you, that that's not the right word to use. But I would have thought that you would look back now and say that obsession with Nottingham Forest and wanting to play for them was a little flippant in the overall scheme of things. Why do you not feel that that's the case? Because it reflected my awareness, Bill, of where I was at that given moment in time. And that's not right and that's not wrong. It is what it is and no more different to my belief system around whatever it may be at this moment, around this conversation, around this words. They're not right, they're not wrong. They are what they are. Will I look back next week, next month, next decade and say, oh, blimey, did me and Bill really have that particular conversation? I don't know, Bill, I honestly don't know. Um, because we live in, you know, we are a product of living in the moment and it's through learning and growing and, and raising our awareness, which brings me nicely, I think, Bill, uh, to my ABC approach, um, because I think when if we can flip back to the very, very first podcast uh, that was done in September um, uh, of last year, to 2018, September 2018, it was called Mastering Life as Simple as ABC. And the A was for awareness. So our starting point for anything in life is our awareness because we don't know what we don't know. And similarly, Bill, in 1974, I didn't know the folly, and I'm being polite there, of actually giving all my power away to an external source, i.e. called Nottingham Forest, and letting their results, what they do, 
influence the power of my life to the point where I'm ready to end it because they've lost two football games. Mm. But I didn't know what I didn't know because I needed something to focus on. I needed a purpose. And I'll come to the purpose in a moment. And the B is the beliefs of the ABC. And obviously, you know, we're embroiled in this beautiful and this powerful conversation. And the C is what I've later learned, Bill, the creativity. So, and that's a simple way of saying, okay, as a solution, if I change something and it's not working, or maybe I need to change it again then. Um, and, and, and look at things and think about things differently. Because obviously if we keep thinking and, and doing the same things, we're going to get the same results. And it's going to be a bit like, a, you know, we mentioned all, earlier on about the black cat, the metaphor of the black cat. Well, let's switch over to a dog chasing its tail round and round and round and round and getting nowhere. And so yeah. the simplicity is, is for me, Bill, around the ABC, awareness, beliefs, and the creativity to think things differently. And New Insights is, is a prime example of the creativity where people are opening our eyes to new, th you know, we've mentioned earlier on around the belief table. Absolutely brilliant model, brilliant model. So simple, yet so powerful. And that's an excellent mm. example, as far as I'm concerned, of creativity. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not that uh, I'm kind of defending because it doesn't need any defending, Bill. But when I look back of the whole journey of not just my life, but, you know, when, when we deal with clients, uh, either as a coach or as a mentor or, or in whatever capacity, it's like just embrace what's happened because it's contributed. And I know it's almost cliched, but it's contributed to this beautiful experience, this beautiful soul that, that you have become today, whatever that may be. And yeah, if I, could, I could just chip in there very quickly. I think that's an important point for everyone to get because no doubt there are going to be some people listening into this who are going through tough, tough times in their life and who are experiencing perhaps not the um, not as serious uh, an issue that you, that you went through, but you know, experiencing um, difficulties appreciating what their life is about and where they're going with it. And I think this is a very, very important point that you make is that the challenges that we go through, the difficulties that we have, they're always temporary, but they always contribute to who we are in the longer term. There's a reason for them, isn't there, Paul? I mean, yeah, there is a reason why you went through what you went through. And right now you are contributing back to the world in a wonderful way with, with hearts and with all these fantastic podcasts and things like that. Imagine if that 13 and a half year old in that cave had taken a different route None of that would be possible. And that's what I would say to anyone out there listening who thinks, you know, life is hardly worthwhile because it's just such a challenge. Well, there's a reason why you're going through that right now, and it won't be forever. You'll come out a better, stronger person, um, and, and you, you will hopefully set yourself on a mission to do what you need to do for others in the world. Absolutely, Bill. And, and I think as we start to draw towards a close now, I think this is this is uh, naturally unfolding into a beautiful conclusion with that P word purpose. Uh, it, we've both mentioned it a few times now, and I know it's uh, an integral part of the the New Insights program, Bill. But for me, if I can put this, you know, to yet again try and answer your question um, around this this journey of mine. And it is, it was around purpose because my purpose at the time was to believe in Nottingham Forest. It was to believe in something that gave me that will to carry on. And that was Nottingham Forest, which, you know, higher powers and we've all got our own um, ideas about what that higher power is, what that source is. And I personally believe uh, and it's way beyond the belief system. That is the most intimate relationship of all. It is for me. And but that relationship was such that, no, there is there's a higher purpose here. And, and yeah, again, Bill, as a kid of 13 and a half, I mean, none of this was going through my head at the time. Um, but what I now know, looking back on it all, making sense of it, working with some of the top practitioners in the world around 
you know, working towards that ultimate consciousness, that higher consciousness is around the power of purpose. And for me, Bill, it's this. And, um, you know, we're speaking as we speak on this podcast um, episode relatively new, newly as evolved something called speaking from our hearts. Now, I don't just mean a podcast that we're talking on. I mean a whole global movement, which now has got a YouTube channel, um, it's got a charity. It's got a charitable company attached to it. Um, it's got many aspects, um, a new website and everything. But it's it's glued together, Bill, by this simple mission. And this has become my purpose. And it's this to inspire everyone to walk their path with heart by expanding a global heart centered healing movement so that we all contribute contribute to a successful world of peace, love, and happiness. Now, Bill, that's oh, not that's fantastic. not sorry, that's not some fancy fluffy theory, Bill. This is a guy that's, you know, had years of addiction, years of violence, years of desperation, limiting beliefs, call it what you will, to say, you know, as you quite rightly said, Bill, you know what? It might be dark at the moment, but just have a bit of faith because in the morning it'll be light. Exactly. And uh, the darkest time is just before the dawn, as they say. Yeah. So for anyone uh, in, in uh, you know, who's who's feeling feeling down. I, I, I just I want before I think I'm sensing that you're um, building to a bit of a crescendo there. If you haven't already <laughs> hit it. <laughs> I just wanted to say one one thing uh, just to bring us back to the belief beliefs um, uh, concept um that i would encourage anyone to think of uh, beliefs in terms of the way they guide your life and to think about beliefs as a, a way in which to um to guide you to a better life rather than uh dragging you down into the abyss and you you can make a, a like a self-fulfilling prophecy out of all of this you know paul if 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 you have what i call an empowering belief a belief that is helping you uh to progress through life that is helping you to achieve what you, the kind of life that you want to achieve that is uh promoting um the interests of the world then you will tend to uh generate high expectations, positive expectations. And from positive expectations come positive or positive behavior or the kind of behavior that will uh, result in the type of outcome that you need. So, you know, belief drives expectation, expectation drives behavior, behavior drives outcomes. And ultimately, once we start getting positive outcomes, then those reinforce the belief that we had in the first place. So we end up with this beautiful self-fulfilling philosophy where a positive belief um, reinforces a positive belief because it leads to high expectations, to the right kind of behaviors, and to positive outcomes. Um, the other way, of course, is the way we don't want to go, the deep dark way, is for that uh, for, for, for a belief which is limiting and negative in its in its nature you have a negative expectation you have self-defeating behavior and you end up with an outcome that just reinforces this uh limiting belief so i would say to everyone look at your belief system look at it look at what you believe what you don't believe and ask yourself that difficult question is this empowering me is this belief helping me get to where i want to in life is this helping me to um, live my purpose and contribute back to the world? And if it is not, dump it. And if you can't dump it on your own, find a life coach who will help you dump it. Brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah, well, simply brilliant. I just want to um, finish, Bill, if I may. And we'll come to, obviously, you having the final word uh, just after this one. But I just want to offer this for whatever it's worth to listeners. And I can only share my my own experience in terms of, you know, the, alluding earlier on to the use of metaphors and metaphoric examples of, of how life can be creatively looked at. And it's not bending it to, to live in some crazy fluffy world. It's, 
it's looking at things alternatively and embracing them so that, as Bill says, they serve. And and it's this when I when I look at the example of and we've already mentioned um, shuffle foot. So if we look at a funnel, just a simple funnel. Now at the bottom of that funnel is very narrow, very constrained. There isn't a lot of space. As we go up the funnel, it starts to open up, and that for me. So the bottom of the funnel is shuffle foot. As it starts to open up into this much more embracing space, that's called satnam. And beyond the top of the funnel is this infinite universe that we're connected to as energy, because that's what we are, and energy cannot be destroyed. I think that's a universal law. That's a universal belief that, hand, that stands true, um, as far as our scientists inform us. Um, so there's this concept of this simple funnel at the bottom, this shuffle foot, very constrained, very not, very, you know, pressurized because everything's on top of him or her. But as we move up the funnel, it opens up and we create more space in our world. And that's sat now and we start embr embracing love and peace and happiness because that's who we naturally are. But who we naturally are is when we're out of that funnel completely into the universe and at the risk of using split metaphors again, Bill, what I say is for me, and this is part of my belief system, and it's actually way beyond a belief system, but the source, my most intimate personal relationship, that I get downloaded text. So if I'm a proverbial mobile phone, I get downloaded messages and text to, to share. Now, if I don't connect to source, my metaphoric mobile phone will soon go flat. So if I run on a phone that's called ego, oh yeah, I know all this, I'm a good phone, I can do what I want, I've got all the answers. Hmm, okay. Well, that proverbial battery will last for so long until we reach the point where we do need to plug in to external source, whatever that may be, and that's very personal and intimate for all of us, um, to, to actually receive those messages. And that's how I conceptualize my belief system, Bill. Yeah, that that's that's incredibly powerful. I love that funnel thing as well, Paul. Um, I like that. I'm 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 going to ask you if I can use that. <laughs> of course, Bill. Of course. I mean, it goes without saying. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I never wanted to bring any conversation on beliefs around to to religion because uh, that can you can trample on many people's uh, um, religion uh, or, you, or you can trample their beliefs uh, uh, rather too easily. And, and who, let's be honest, who really knows the truth about how and why we were created and what the nature of our creator is. But I often think deeply about this. Um, you know, on the one hand, you have scientists saying that we we emanate from what was called a big bang one massive enormous unbelievable explosion um and then you have others in the religious face who say well that can't be we were created by a god or whatever whatever the case may be um i can't help thinking that both of these are actually compatible beliefs mm. uh, rather than incompatible beliefs and um, I was talking with somebody the other day, uh, somebody who had confronted me with the fact that something within the life coaching they were doing was incompatible with their belief in God. And uh, we had a very interesting discussion. At the end of the day, I said to them, well, you know, at the end of the day, our beliefs are just that. They are our beliefs. They are not scientifically proven facts. They are convictions that we hold for various reasons, and some sometimes we hold them very, very uh, steadfastly, but at the end of the day, they're just beliefs, they're not facts. And I said, I have a belief too. I have a belief that actually um, life started with the Big Bang, and that we end up, we are remnants of that Big Bang, whether you are um, a person, a, an animal, a plant, a piece of a chunk of rock, um, you know, an asteroid, whatever you are, you are part, you're, you're a remnant of that Big Bang. And therefore you have within you part of that original creation. 
So we all harbor a little piece of that original creation in us. So my suggestion here is that maybe we should start considering that God is not an external thing. God is an internal thing. Um, our creator belong is inside each of us, not outside of us. Uh, and, and I'll leave, leave I've, we've gone uh, off the rails a little bit in terms of the, <laughs> the subject of the talk, but I leave everyone with that, that thought that if we are prepared to open our minds and think differently, there's all sorts of possibilities uh, become open to us. Um, yeah, let me leave it at that. And just to conclude that point, Bill, that's certainly a view taken by the very eminent Wayne, Dr. Wayne Dyer um, when he calls, refers, and it was very controversial when it first came out, but he refers us to each and every one of us as God, small g, because we are, we are exactly that. We are, we are examples of God. We're not some external source. And, and as I say, it, uh, you know, but for me, it, it's around that source and, you know, whatever that is and whatever banner that is. For my own perspective, Bill, I, you know, starting on the purpose pillar, I then, I, I liken pillar to, as, as, a, as a bland statement, uh, so the purpose, sorry, as a bland statement, it's a reason to get out of bed in the morning. You know, in 1973, 74, I had a reason to get out of bed. It was called Nottingham Forest. Then I had another reason to get out of bed. It was called Fighting for the Underdog. But that's not enough because that's called an existence. What we then need, I believe, is prosperity with love, with happiness. All the things that are naturally ours, but we kind of lose as we go through the path of life. We lose sight of that because we have these labels st stuck on us, these experiences that we let stick with us rather than happen through us uh, and take the learning. And then the other thing, Bill, is the three pillars of life. The third one is philanthropy. So we've gone through life. We've taken all these lessons. It's time to share them and give them back in the hope that other people do not pay the desperate high and dark price that that we have to pay usually to get those lessons learnt in the first place. And for me, that is my belief system and it's way beyond a belief system about who I am. That, that's, I mean, that's a fascinating um, podcast discussion, Bill, I think. I'm not, not wishing to sort of um, put the powder down for a future one, but who am I? Um, <laughs> and on that note, Bill, I just say, look, it's been absolutely fascinating as ever. And how can people find out more, Bill, around um, yourself, the New Insights program? How, how can people reach out and get in touch with you? Oh, thank you for that, Paul. Um, well, I think the best way is through our website. We have two of them. There's, uh, we have distributors in the UK and distributors in South Africa because the program, the Life Coach Training Program that we um, offer is home study based. It's not online. There's a lot of printed material that goes with it. And we think people learn best with, with the material in that way. And it's a bit too much to go online anyway. It's quite comprehensive. So, um, so we have two websites, one which is UK, focused on people within the UK and Europe, Northern Hemisphere, if you like. And then we have one uh, based in South Africa, focused on Africa and other countries around us. Um, and the website is www.lifecoachtraining, and it's hyphenated. So it's life-coach-training-and then either uk.com or sa.com. Lifecoachtrainingsa.com, lifecoachtraininguk.com. Come and have a look at what we've got to offer there. Thank you for that, Paul. No problem, Bill. No problem. So all that remains now is, is to say thank you, the listeners, for being part of this uh, this beautiful, I love that word beautiful because I think it reflects actually the the truth, the heartfelt truth um, of, you know, this this conversation that's just evolved between Bill and myself. And hopefully, that you know, there's been some wonderful, and I'll say it again, no pun intended, or maybe there is, new insights. And um, until the till the next time, listeners, I, I, I leave you with this thought, as I always do. Remember, whatever path you're taking in life, always walk that path with heart heart helping everyone achieve results towards success